the streak of fucking lanes. <laughs> Brandon, how are you doing? We're back, man. baby. We are back. Doesn't it feel like forever? I think it actually has been forever. I think it's been three or four months. Yeah, steady posting up Instagram pictures and people are like, what, what is this? Just I thought this was a podcast. <laughs> We're an Instagram account uh, masquerading as a podcast. That's it. That's it. What are you up to, man? Uh, you know, just uh, normal stuff, man. It's uh, it's a cold mid-January day in South Georgia. Ooh, brutal, yeah. brutal, brutal cold. I was just delivering in Savannah, and I was out at one of my accounts that's out on the on the marsh, you know, on the water. Wild. Yeah. Buddy, oh, I mean, my son had texted me this afternoon saying he was going to take the kayak out of the and uh, uh. the creek by our house. We got a ton of redfish and trout out there, uh-huh. and uh, I'm like, yeah, sure, whatever, you know. And man, I was out in the wild, and I'm thinking, ain't no way, no way, you'll be out in that water for more than five minutes. Windy and cold. And uh, I thought maybe we would talk a little bit about uh, maybe review our, our, our last year as podcasters and maybe some of our personal and professional life and, and think about a little bit what's going to happen in 2020. And um, just since we haven't talked in a while, it might be a good chance to to catch up and look back to some extent. Man. Okay. I like that. You want okay. to, let's, let's, you, you want to go first? <laughs> I guess so. Uh, the, the truth about me, man, is I really actually am uncomfortable by attention. Um, I used to not be as a kid in an early 20-something, but um, I'm not really comfortable, like, strangely enough, talking about myself. Um, when, when people come and talk to me about the podcast or say, I like your podcast or I listen to your podcast or make some you know, lighthearted joke about the podcast, it makes me really embarrassed. Yeah, um, do you blush? I do, and I'm like, shut up. I just tell them, shut up. I don't want to talk about it. I don't, even, I don't, I don't, want, want, to, I don't got no stupid podcast. Uh, I don't want to know that you've ever listened to it, ever. I don't want to know that anyone's ever listened to it. What um, podcast? I mean, we're intentionally doing the most minor amount of promotion possible <laughs> in order to, to only the smallest select crew. Um, I love it. Hey, I love, I love Snake or Braid. Hey, Don, I love Snake or Braid. Hey, man, shut up, shut up, man. <laughs> Brandon, Brandon, that's Brandon shit. I'm, I don't like that. <laughs> Although we need new, uh, we need some more snakes. Uh, yes, we do. We I'm will. Getting... People, people, we'll, we'll get them. Well, it's not the it's not the season for snakes. Although the, it's it's definitely braid season. I mean, it's incredible how many braids are popping up these days. Uh, Brunswick, Brunswick is nothing without braids. Our good buddy Zach Zach Gallon from Georgia Sea Grill sends a uh, king's ransom worth of braids. Does he really? Yeah, he's, uh, he constantly is texting. It's great. I mean, and they're all in downtown Brunswick. And having worked in downtown Brunswick, I can attest. It's you got to watch where you're stepping. You may step on a braid. See, you know, and apparently these are weaves. Did you know this? This is this is what a weave yeah, yeah. is. Yeah, oh yeah, for sure. So I did not know that. Someone had to explain that to me. Um, you thought it was somebody's real hair? No, I knew it was not real hair, but I just thought it was a braid. But then, like, actually, actually it's a weave. Um, it's got to be a weave that's fallen out. Yeah, yeah. Or been yanked out, or a snake. Well, there's so many people, so many of them that are on the sidewalk on the streets. Do people just throw them out of the car windows? How does that work? Like, how do they just show up? They're all seem to be in the same places generally, which is. I'd say. I mean, it's a study of human behavior. I don't. I don't know. I'd imagine that some get yanked out. Yeah. You know, maybe in an argument. Yeah. Some, I bet, fall out, and then maybe. I don't know if I had to bet money. I'd bet that most or most probably just fall out. I think probably at some point they just you know, want to fall out. Gravity takes its toll. Okay, that makes sense. I mean, you know, things things uh, become threadbare. The um, okay, so uh, about me, man, real quick. Ah, oh, gosh, dude. You know, well, I love it. I mean, so did you have okay in your estimation? Did you have a good year or a bad year? I had a great year. But I, I'm okay, also good. That, that foolish, optimistic sort who feels like every year is better than the last year. Like wow, I, right. Yeah, I just have a um, – I mean, I think I'm pretty lucky to have a pretty uh, even-keeled disposition. And um, yeah. I try to – I'm really focused on just, like, being happy in the moment. So I, I don't allow myself to get overwhelmed by anxiety. 
And uh, I'm just generally optimistic. I feel like every year is an adventure, and I feel like I'm a little smarter than I was the year before. I, um, I, ha- I, I told myself that I was going to go back and read my journal from last year before I you know, made my resolutions for this year. Yeah. Um, just to see, because I'm kind of wondering if, like, if I'm actually evolving as a human being or if I'm just repeating things over and over again. <laughs> I wonder if my journals are just the exact same entries in a way. Like, they just mirror each other year to year. Um, yeah. <clears throat> and it's just like, be more productive. Um, but I, uh, I, I had a great, I had a great year. I mean, I, I, uh, I, just, I got divorced. So that was a rough part of the year. And, um, that's been a rough couple years actually. Um, but, uh, and I, I don't really want to go into that because I, I want to be fair to the other party and I don't think it's, you know, right to do that. Um, but, uh, so I, I feel great because that's behind me and I would not, I would certainly say I have not been the best emotional or intellectual state, emotional more than intellectual over the last couple of years. Yeah. Um, certainly when we got going here, I was pretty, uh, nervous and anxious in this setting to be out talking about myself and talking in general, just because of, uh, I had some unresolved things in my personal life and, um, I was kind of trying to find my footing again. So I should say, yeah, it's been a great year. 2019 was fantastic. Um, I, I did go through a large transformation. Um, I, you know, professionally it was successful. I mean, you know, I didn't become a millionaire, but didn't have to like worry about money. And um, I had some really great adventures. Uh, had a great trip to Idaho and Montana for eight or nine days in August and uh, hiked in like three days, hiked 40 miles and, 40 miles longitude and maybe at 40 miles at an elevation, something like that. Damn. Um, yeah, it was a hell of a those, those pictures are fantastic, by the way. <clears throat> well, they're on a secret. They're, they're, they're super secret pictures that nobody can see <laughs> except for, for 10 people. Well, well, I know about them and I love them. Oh, man. They're so, I just look at that, but look at them and just dream about going back. Um, so uh, I, I, won't, I won't even say where they're at, but they are. They, they're the type of picture that I've never been the type to really like, you know, I hear people talk about going out West and I've always been like, yeah, you know, whatever. But man, you look at those and you're like, okay, that's cool. Well, you know what, what I love about it is that, um, yeah, I mean, I, I love that, you know, you get out there, your cell phone doesn't work, but it's that, um, that you have a sense of sublime. I mean, I feel like it's a religious experience and, um, I'm, I'm all about getting as much into nature as possible because I feel like that's where I'm going to have the most, the truest experiences, you know, um, that's biological or spiritual, whatever you want to call it. And, um, because so much is public that it's free, it's a free experience. As long as you can get there, you know, you're not paying for something, you're not, and you're not buying stupid shit you're going to throw away. Um, the, the key though, the key is, and the key, I guess for all of our lives is to figure out like how to integrate that experience into something that's meaningful that that informs your everyday choices, but also gives you a sense of um, uh, well-being or or I don't know uh, placidity. Because like you know, what what does it matter if our experiences are fantastic, but if we lose our memories at the end of our lives? <laughs> that's right. Good way to look at. It. So I think we have to like you know do all this stuff right now. I think each day has to be somehow be as exciting as possible because we all might get dementia, and it'll be over with. Um. So yeah. So anyway, that, I mean that's that's it, man. I mean I, I would tell you too. My last thing about it is my my one resolution right now that I've come across is I'm going to listen to fewer podcasts in 2020. <laughs> have uh, you done that? I have done that. Yeah, I really have. Um. I, I actually I, that that. Uh, revelation occurred to me while I listened to a podcast and it was a, uh, there's a really good podcast that my cousin hit me to called um, conversation with Tyler. And it's this, uh, I don't know. It's like polymath robot professor from, uh, I can't remember George Mason university. And he does these really fantastic interviews with really smart people. Uh, and then he did a, like a year in review uh, podcast with his producer talking about like some of his favorite conversations. And he says, I don't listen to any of the podcasts I ever do. I don't ever listen to podcasts. I don't get it. I understand it. He said that what we've seen from our tracking is the people who are most productive actually read the transcripts of our podcast. They don't listen to our podcasts. He said, I think the podcast more than anything, just reflect how more t- much idle time we have. Um, and we just didn't realize it until we had this like product to fill it. 
Yeah. Okay. I and so, well, and I'm down. I'm still with the podcast, but I just I have to. I need to be more. Um, it just takes my brain to write grants to write. You know, to to do all the stuff like there's there's not a lot of just like mindless activity when it comes to like work. And what I generally do is I use podcasts as an excuse not to focus and not to work. And so, I mean, I think they're wonderful. I'm all about interesting conversation. If I'm in the car and traveling someplace or I'm, you know, vacuuming. But if I've got to like, if I get up and start listening to podcasts at, you know, first thing in the morning, then essentially what I'm doing is like, I'm not allowing the more important stuff to enter into my mental space. Yeah. Um, and when I first started listening to podcasts, I thought, well, man, I'm, I'm going to make myself a better talker and thinker by listening to people talk all the time. And that's not the way it works for me, at least. I'm a better talker if I write. And I'm actually a much better talker if I read out loud. But, I mean, I don't read out loud that much. Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, I'm with you on that. Or, or I mean, do you like to listen to music? Oh, I totally. So, like, you know, his other thing, too, is that it's, you know, the quality of your input affects quality of your output. And I listen. So that's my big thing is I'm just replacing podcasts with music. And I'm really, um, yeah, I love music. And I've, I've, I'm, I'm actually today as a part of some of my work. I was, or while I was working, I was kind of rediscovering my, my love of early 2000s um, alternative. Um, I guess it's alternative rock. I don't know what you call it. Like, like give me a band. Well, I listened to Midlake today. You know, the trials of Van Occupanther. <laughs> I feel like a hipster. <laughs> I feel like such a hipster from 2006. Um, wow. But I tell you what, if I, the, the, the three albums that, if, like, you know, would actually have words in them, because I listen to a lot of classical music too, but the three that I can almost guarantee I can, like, hit into a zone immediately and start writing and concentrating are um, Yoshimi versus the Pink Robots or whatever it's called. The um, Yeah. Yeah. Um, who yeah. is that? Radiohead? No, 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 no. Radiohead for sure. If I do, uh, oh my gosh! Now that you ask me this question, oh, that's that's Flaming Lips. Flaming Lips, right? So if I do, if I do Flaming Lips, I can do it almost immediately. And then Radiohead, um, if I do, uh, 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 not Kid A. Let's see, what is? It? Um, sorry, man. This is this is great radio. But if, OK Computer, I can do OK Computer. Boom, like crazy. And then the one that uh, Beach House. You ever listen to Beach House? Uh. Uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah man beach house i can just uh it's kind of droning a little bit you know slow it's got to have something that's got a little bit of a good beat or, or i like a, i like a kind of aerial electronic music too just do, you, of, do you really yeah i like it so it's kind of psychedelic and electronic and yeah. a little slow roll actually I've, I've really been into a retro synth wave lately <laughs> i don't know but it's kind of like uh you know what that is no <laughs> there's a there's a song called Miami Nights I think 1984 it, and it's kind of like it's it's taken oh, that, I, now I think I remember that song well it's it's taken like early 80s like synth music and then making it a little bit more danceable and updated for a, a modern audience yeah I I think I because that one I think came on the radio right 1984 I don't I don't listen to radio I don't have any idea I don't, I watch, don't watch tv don't listen to radio is that right? All I know is, man, I, I get on the news first thing in the morning to make sure there's not an asteroid or a nuclear bomb heading this way. And as long as it's not, I look at just like the headlines and then I'm like, all right, back to life. Put um, on some scent pop and <laughs> get the right. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Go water my plants. Um, well, no apocalypse today. Somebody crank up that rage music. I've got, a, I've got some grants right. <laughs> all right. Hey, look, spring is right around the corner. We're all fired up. I'm fired up. You're fired up. We're just stoked. We're stoked to 11. One of my favorite things to do in the springtime outside of baseball and planting my tomatoes is to drive to beautiful downtown Lyons, Georgia, right in the heart of Toombs County, and see the play Tales from the Altima Hall. We do it every single year. It's a tradition for us. The acting is great. The stories are fantastic. It's a historic play complete with live music, a live band, old-timey. It's about the way life was on the Altima Hall River back in the day. It's incredible. You'll love it. It's not a terrible drive from Metro Atlanta. It's not a terrible drive from Savannah. It's certainly worth the drive. It's called Tales from the Altima Hall. 
You can get tickets at www.lionsmainstreet.com. And Lions is spelled with a Y, L-Y-O-N-S, mainstreet.com. Um, they also have a Facebook page and a website. It's Tales from the Altima Hall. It runs from April 16th through April 25th, 2020. Tickets typically do sell out, I believe. Um, it's a pretty, uh, it's a pretty reputable place. So people, people like to go. There's a lot of people like me. It's like a yearly tradition. You will love it. It's like a throwback. It's stepping back into time. Support rural Georgia. Support South Georgia. Support the South Georgia arts. It's great. Can't miss it. So that's me, man. How about you, dude? T- tell me about your life and your and professionally before we get in the podcast. Um, well, you know, one thing I did find last year is that doing the podcast has it has helped me professionally. I think it's given. I don't know if it's doing just the podcast, but it, definitely the podcast. I think, and then just writing like as a hobby, mm-hmm. you know, just like feeling more comfortable to where I can write like a, uh, a long caption on something or even a newspaper column or whatever and not worry about, is it, is it okay? You know, just like, okay, whatever this is it. I put it out there and then doing the podcast. I, I think that professionally, uh, within restaurants, uh, that, uh, maybe not a lot, but at least some of the people maybe got to know me actually. Yeah. As opposed to just knowing what I do and maybe, and maybe I may be overthinking it, but maybe made me a little bit more human. I felt more, you know, I felt more respected, I guess, uh, if that's the right word where I didn't feel like just another purveyor. Huh. With certain people, I felt, you know, not like, not on, I'm not saying respected as in like, where it's like exalted or something, you know, just more like where I felt like people maybe related more to me. Yeah. Um, where, it, where it was like a nice, it was a refreshing, where I didn't feel like it was quite the dogfight that it had been in previous years to like get accounts and keep accounts and whatever. Um, but, you know, I mean, I started off 2019 really, if you, I'm sure that uh, you remember me eating yeah. trinkets at the foot of the bed and late at night. And, uh, so I really started off financially in the shitter. Yeah, I would say real quick, and you know, if y'all want to hear that, back to a rough January. Yeah. One of the more mean, popular I mean, episodes. I, d- I don't know that I really even grasped at that moment how deep in the shitter I was. Uh, but I really, and, and with hindsight, looking back on it, uh, I was really in a hole financially. And it took me, I'm, I put it like this, I'm better off, I'm way better off now than I was at this point last year. But it really took everything I had to um, sort of keep climbing out of that. And uh, cause it, I found, you know, that, um, you know, life is, um, it's just expensive and I, you know, I got three kids and they're getting older. And so it seems like everything is, is very expensive. Yeah. And then I made some dumb decisions as far as back when, uh, Inland was carrying the chicken and stuff, you know, thinking that it would, it would all be bigger than it ended up being that, you know, saddled me with some pretty decent sized bills that um so I've, I've just found that i really you know i gotta i gotta make a lot of money and then you can't ever get you know get behind like that and so it was a it, 2019 for me was um it was a it was a taxing year uh professionally it was it was uh building fences and doing the farm and then also I kind of had the writing stuff fall in my lap. Yeah. And, uh, which was one, one huge benefit, you know, just doing my, I do that little newspaper column and stuff. And that, that was really interesting that that, that, that happened because I did, I did want to write at one point in my life, uh, when I was in college, but I was such a drunk that, um, 
my idea of that was that I would graduate college and get a one bedroom apartment above a bar, like around little five or something, you know, and I'd, I'd yeah. write and like be get shit faced and then write. And, you know, it's like all stupid, like, um, dreams. Yeah. Sounds like, yeah, yeah I know. I, I get you. I get that romantic, like, yeah, totally romantic. Um, that that's what I would do. And then, you know, obviously you get out of college, you get sober and the writing thing just goes by the wayside for, you know, for over, over 10 years. Uh, yeah. I, I, I feel, I've really sympathized with all this except for like living above the bar. But as far as like the desire to, to write and to not be as productive as you'd like to be in that. Yeah. Arena. Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, my idea of writing when I was in college was I, I mean, one of the only gigs that I, I, you know, that I actually got, I was supposed to do a dining, a restaurant review of this restaurant. And I I just got went and got absolutely hammered and they kicked me out. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, and I've talked about that and, yeah, and, um, you know, but it's funny because it was, it was, it was really just being my, doing what I was doing on social media, which, which uh, a long time ago, I, when I first started doing that, I kind of, I, I did it, you know, with the approach of like, Oh, this, this is a farm. It's got to represent a farm and blah, blah, blah. And it kind of, um, over the years, as I sort of let my guard down and just started showing, I guess, showing who I was or who I was at that moment or whatever I thought was funny or interesting or whatever, it kind of turned into more of like, I kind of, in a weird way, I guess I, I kind of found who I was by putting it out there. And, um, and so the newspaper column was something that, you know, it's like, uh, I don't really make money doing that you know but it really does seem to resonate with a certain type of person in where i live you know and i get i i do get a lot of people that come up to me or come up to my wife and oh my god i love i love this you know especially older people people who read um, the newspaper i'm huge with the 70 plus crowd <laughs> yeah. huge, huge, huge. I, i'm gonna go on a tour of nursing homes <laughs> <laughs> and uh no i mean and it, and it really did spark that interest back of like you know maybe you maybe you can uh put pen to paper and you know and communicate effectively and and have fun doing it so that was one big big plus of last year it's, it's kind of the the um i don't know it's a funny feeling to like be sitting in your truck on the side of the road writing a column on a deadline that you really think is going to be a good column and having to like totally push out of your mind the fact that you are just a hair away from like financial ruin. You know what I'm saying? Like you have so much pressing stuff to do, but here you are writing this little column and it can make you feel a little stupid. I've, I've found my wife thinks that's ridiculous that I would say that, but Sometimes it'll make me feel kind of foolish, you know, where you're like, what am I, why, why are you even doing this? You know, you need to go get a job at a bank or something. Yeah. Well, let me just real quick time out. Um, your, I, you, your columns are really wonderful. And I actually read out loud your column about your father. And that was one of the most touching uh, pieces of, of, of writing I've, I've read in a long, long time. Um, well, thanks, Coop. I mean, I, th I think you're a fantastic writer. For you to say that is like that's really praise from Caesar. Well, I, I will. <laughs> um, thank you. But I just I think that that um, I, th I do think that you have uh, an incredible way of speaking to people and uh, communicating um, something earnest and truth truthful, but also something fun about the experience of where you are and who you are. And and I have people who don't know you. Um, who've talked to me about your writing and have liked what you've done on, on, uh, on social media. Um, and, and with that in mind, I, you know, you can, we can go to our, our, our website. www.streakofleanpod.com. Assuming that there was money in my account to pay the bill that month, it will be there. Well, you can read some of, of, of Brandon's columns. We'll put more of them up there, but Brandon, if, if people wanted to like talk to you about, read more of your stuff or talk to you about maybe doing some writing for them. How would they, where should they go? Oh um, yeah. Well, well, yeah. That, okay. So that's kind of, kind of the weird thing about all this stuff is that, um, I know we don't have a ton of time, but 
what, what I found last year was that I, I really think well when I'm working. Like, I, there's something about doing manual labor that gives my, yeah. gives my brain the clarity that I need. I don't, I don't feel like flustered. It's my rave music in the morning. No, but it's 100%. You have to have, if you want to think right, you've got to have physical activity. Your, your I, the best ideas be come to me while I'm working. I've, I've written in my head, most of my columns have been written probably in some, some stranger's backyard installing a fence or at, at the farm doing loading hogs or doing, you know, whatever. Like ideas come to you, or at least they do to me. Yeah. And, um, and so what I found is that as I've gotten older, you know, it's occurred to me that the whole like doing the side work of the fences and stuff, while I don't mind it, you know, it's, it started to really wear on my body. Like this, this last year was one of the, I don't feel old, but I could tell that, um, I was getting older and, and by doing, by trying to farm and do construction, you're really burning the candle at both ends, you know, yeah, yeah. and you're, you're missing a lot because you're so tired by the time you get home that you just crawl in bed at, at 8 45, nine o'clock and go to sleep. And you're missing, you know, I'm missing my kids lives. Yeah. Like, and I, and being so stressed out about money, I, you know, you turn into an asshole, you know, you're right. just non-existent, you know, don't, don't, don't fucking bother me, man. I'm fucking just dying over here. And so that's what I really noticed about myself last year. And I came to kind of hate, I hated myself for it, that I really had let myself, you know, turn into that sort of at home. And, um, it occurred to me when I, I, I don't know, a little while after I'd started writing those columns that, um, that I, that maybe I could, uh, do writing for other people, you know, that there, it, it, there's nothing to say that I can't communicate somebody else's story for them. You know, it's kind of the same way I do it for myself or, or whatever. And, um, so, so I have kind of branched out and, and I do, uh, I do social media for some, for some businesses and I've, I've done some content writing for some businesses and I've done, I uh, wrote a long ass t-shirt that we sold. Oh yeah. Dude, we sold a bunch of those jokes. Uh, really? Yeah. And, um, you know, and I'm writing the story of, uh, Southeast Georgia, um, history for a, a restaurant, believe it or not, I'm writing it for their menus. Cool. Yeah. Just stuff like that, you know, um, nothing, nothing crazy, but, but, uh, you know, it is something that I, I hope this year, maybe I'll be able to get into a little bit more because, you know, I, I could do, I could see myself doing the farm and then doing that. And that's kind of a symbiotic life, you know, as opposed to doing the farm and doing construction, which is a, a life where you're just, you know, just pulling your hair out. Uh, yeah. but, but anyways, I, I did, I made a website for myself. It's called, it's uh Brandon dot me dot me. And the only reason it's dot me is I bought Brandon com, And then I could not figure out my password and stuff. <laughs> so by the time I got around to do the website, I was always so tired. And by the time I actually did the website, it was like, do you have a domain? And I'm like, yeah, brandonchonko.com, but I can't pull the fucker up. And it says it's owned. And I'm like, I know it's owned. It's owned by me. Did you get it, GoDaddy? Where'd you buy it? I, don't, I guess, or Weebly or something. I don't know. But, but it, I was just like at the point where I was like, you know what? It doesn't have to be .com. It can be .whatever. And I just did .me. Yeah. And so I put all my columns on there, and I got some examples of some of the other business-type writings and stuff. And uh, we'll we'll see, you know, we'll see what happens with it. I don't know. It's kind of a nice idea. I think I think it's going to be successful, and I, I mean, I think you've got this talent, and it, you know, it, it, sometimes it takes a long time to figure out how these this, this talent can be expressed. You know, you have to almost like it's almost like the technology has to be created to figure out how to use it because it's. I mean, I don't know who, how people if if you don't get. If you don't get, if you're not good from the outset, or you don't have some kind of patron, I, I don't know how you're able to, or and you don't want to live in a you know a, a leaky garret full of rats. I don't know how you're able to pursue you know your artistic or creative talents. I mean, it's a, oh, such a struggle and a hustle, you know. To- totally. I mean, I I basically got it mapped out on paper where it's like, okay, if I can make this much with the farm, you know, and it's basically I just looked at it. And I said, what what 
what number do I have to make where I where it's still that it's making enough? Yeah. You know, where it's not on total overload. Yeah. And then I said to myself, okay, you know, and then if I was to write, how much would I need to make? You know, and it's, I, I don't know, sometimes, you know, it just depends on the time of day. Like, sometimes it seems like a total pipe dream. Right. Because, you, you, you know, it's hard to write. You can't go write for a magazine and make any money. No, and it's just hard to write as it is. It just takes, I mean, for me at least, it, it, it takes serious concentration and time. Serious concentration, and it makes it difficult. It's, an, it's like such an isolated activity. Right. I don't know how you are, but I really, I always battle with, um, you know, thinking it's not any good or thinking what's the, what's the point? What's the point? If you don't, if, I mean, I think I've got to a point where it's, if I don't just outside of the writing I do for work, if if I do any other writing, if I don't, if the ultimate goal is not to please myself, then there's no point. Um, and, and if I can do that, then that's fine. But other than that, I mean, you can't, you can't bank on making money off of it because it's just like one in a, 10,000 chance. Yeah, especially for pop culture writing. I, I have found for business writing, it does seem a little bit more promising. Mm-hmm. Um, especially where I live, because it's like, I'm, you know, it's like we live in this little armpit where there's, I mean, we got Jacksonville, but then other than that, it's just medium sized cities. Yeah. You know, so there's not a lot of, you're not in Atlanta where there's like every Tom, Dick, and Harry is, you know, doing that. And, and Yeah, everybody's got a marketing degree and is a social media content creator. That's right. That's right. And then I have my little newspaper column. So I'm walking in the door. They may not read it. They might, or they might not. But at least I'm walking in the door saying, hey, my name's Brandon, and this is what I can do. And, you know, it it did, I mean... I don't know the first social media account I picked up. It really translated well. Like it, the people get people come. It's a restaurant, and they get people that come into their restaurant and, and comment about how much they like their Facebook page. Cool. And it's like, man, that's that's pretty cool to me feeling because it, it's like I'm kind of like you. If people talk about me or grassroots, I'll start thinking, well, yeah, yeah, grassroots, grassroots doesn't. It's always just barely hanging on, blah, 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 blah. It's not, it's not awesome. You know, it's not as good as you think it is. Or, But when it's somebody else, it really feels like you feel like, ah, that's, that's awesome that, you know, I was able to put that out there, that somebody likes that about you that they didn't know. Right. You know? Right. And, and, and I think, um, well, I, I tell you what, let's, let's table the writing thing here. We only got a few minutes left. Let's, let's each talk maybe one thing we're proud about with the, with the podcast, one thing that we feel like we need to improve, and then we'll wrap it up. When I'm over on St. Simon's Island, one place that I know that I can go that is sure to hit the spot, it's, it's a never miss. You ever hear of, a, of, of something that can't miss? Well, this can't miss, the Georgia Sea Grill. It's near the pier. It's right in the heart of St. Of of Simon's, you know, just right in the pier village, uh, back behind where the Dairy Queen used to be, uh, Mallory Street, back by the old ball fields. It's a jewel of a place. The people that run it are top-notch. I deal with them all the time as a, as a farmer and purveyor, and they're super loyal customers. And I can tell you by going into their kitchen and just seeing the other things that they're buying and prepping and, and whatnot when I'm in there delivering, that they, they really do put their money where their mouth is. The ingredients are always top-notch. You can tell that they're not getting you know frozen block shrimp in from inland seafood from god knows where you know these are fresh off the boat uh morsels that they're going to serve up for you local they try to keep it as local as they possibly can with pretty much everything they even have their own farm which is uh in in the kind of country part of Glen county uh where they're growing a bunch of vegetables and things like this uh for the restaurant so they definitely uh keep it sustainable they keep it local but it is a great meal man it is fantastic one of the better meals i had last year was at georgia sea grill uh i love these guys chef tim 
uh, Zach, just fantastic people. I'm so fortunate to have crossed paths with them because they've been a difference maker both for my farm and then also as a place to go. They've elevated dining around Southeast Georgia and uh, I think that they're definitely worth a trip. Whether you're visiting the island or you're a local or you live maybe in Tattnall or Brantley or somewhere outside of St. Simons, it's worth a trip. Go for a date. You'll love it. Georgia Sea Grill. They're on Instagram. Take a, take a gander at their Instagram page. Tell me you don't leave hungry. Uh, Georgia Sea Grill, Facebook, Instagram. Check them out. St. Simons Island. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and I still farm, you know. Yeah. You know, oh, yeah. Don't get it twisted. I mean, and I have gotten better. I did get better at, um, I used to buy all feeder pigs, and I switched to trying to do breeding. And that really was a big learning curve. But I, I feel like I, I did make some drastic improvements with that. So, I mean, I'm pretty excited about kind of the direction. But um, it sure is it sure is cool to watch these these. The, the breeds of heritage hog when they go to give babies if they're outside the the way they make these nests when they go to pharaoh mm-hmm. it is just impossibly awesome to look at because they really are are good it's a domesticated pig but they are very very good at making these big nice insulated nests to have their babies and then in making it to where they're not laying on them, they're not killing them, and it's natural. You know, in the weather, the weather down here is so favorable to that. You know, unless it's really wet, but it's pretty cool to watch, man. Yeah, that's uh, I know, it's just awesome. I mean, I, um, I'm glad they're not eating their young. <laughs> I, I did have that happen. Yeah, we had that happen one time with a pet pig. Yeah, uh, it's called going going savage. Oh, really. Yeah, and they get this wild-eyed look, and man, I mean, you could tell something. I mean, I'm talking a wild-eyed look. We're pacing, pacing around like, like uh, just off, where you, you you can just tell this animal is off. Yeah, and there's a cra a crazed look, and uh, somebody told me to give it beer. Really? Um, yeah, it, it it was weird. It, this one when when it happened, it was a guilt, and it did it not on her own young she was about to give birth and she started charging and getting really wild and then she she tried to do it to another sow to her babies and then what it was weird i got her isolated and pinned up and once she had her babies that wild eyed look went away huh and it was almost like a hormonal thing or something or you know who knows what's in the mind of a yeah. What a with a maybe she was afraid, you know, I don't know, maybe it's hormones or something. But she was savage, savage like a mug. <laughs> I was like, I don't know what the hell to do. Uh, I never felt more suburban in my life. That was actually not last year, that was the year before though. Um, but yeah, so okay, so so what was your what what did you want to talk about the podcast and then just wrap it up. Well, I was just gonna say um, that uh, we we had a we had a pig a pet we had a, a potbelly pig we always had potbelly pigs and then uh, we had them just I don't know how we got the first one we always kept them behind the yard the house they just eating scraps and then we ended up taking them to the pet zoo at the Christmas tree farm and one year it wasn't like our pet one this was one that someone had given us they were just like they had offered it to us as a favor to, to leave at the farm <coughs> excuse me and uh, she she out and had a, I don't know how how many babies and then we left because like we had to come back and figure out how to get her and the babies out and then we came back and the babies were all gone and i mean i've never been around pigs before none of us had we knew cows and chickens and so we like looked for the babies for a while and it was like not a trace of the babies at all and we had only been gone like 20 minutes and it's like oh that's what happened she ate them yeah Either she ate it, maybe they were stillborn, though, you know? No, they were alive, because we were like, oh, look at the babies, you know? Oh, and then you came back, and they were gone. <clears throat> they were gone. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. The, when I, the, the one time I saw this pig go savage, it was, it was way more, um, it was, uh, man, it was, it was pretty disturbing. It was, it was, it was a violent, uh, it was just a violent, like, 15 minutes and I just happened to be there when it happened so 
it was it was it was bizarre. It was violent. It was, you know, who knows what was going on. And she, the weird thing is, is that pig. I didn't I didn't kill her, and she's probably the best mother that I have. Huh? Just that first she time. Has, she has huge litters, huge litters, and she is a she produces tons of milk, and she's she's protective but not crazy, but she's a great she's a very attentive mother. Hmm. I found with some of them, you know, they'll have babies and they, you know, they're like, like cows or anything else. Like some of them are more attentive than others. Mm-hmm. And this one in particular is the best. It's the best one that I have. I that, don't know what the hell happened to her. That's a great, that's a great ending of that story. Yeah. Oh yeah. It was, I left her and you know, I went and bought some beer to give to her. I never, I never got, she was calm by the time I came back with the beer. So I have the beer sitting in one of my um, barns out there just waiting for my wife to find it yeah right (laughs) oh i knew last year was hard but you didn't have to start drinking again paul (laughs) no baby it's for the pigs it's for the sows yeah that was for the uh, that's what they all say drunk (laughs) all right all right here we go is that pig drinking brown liquor and smoking winston's too are you smoking winston's did you did you oh my god i switched from camel's to Winston's at the behest of Pussy Boy. Uh-huh. And uh man, Winston's uh camels had started tasting weird to me. I grew up smoking camels and then um man, I switched to those Winston's and god, that was a that was a nice cigarette, man, a Winston. I miss that. Yeah. Again, you're not smoking right anymore, right? You're just doing the the dip and the Yeah, I, I still di- I dip, but I'm going to quit that. I'm going to quit that. That's, that's a resolution for this year. My resolutions for this year are to to keep trying to trying to get the farm on that balance. I think I figured out what it what it actually needs to get that balance, and that is to somehow uh, find an exit out of doing construction and to keep trying to find an in in avenues into doing more writing mm-hmm. and let that be my balance. And then if I can't find that. Uh, I'll just cross that bridge when it when it comes up. Yeah, you know? yeah, and then to quit dip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And those those are good ones. I mean, some of the best farmers I know as they as they age, you know, their goals are to farm less, figure out how to do less on the farm each year. It's not to to get bigger. It's to, it's 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 to achieve a quality of life that makes more sense. Yeah, that's well. That's what occurred to me last year. Is like you're living. In this town, you're you. We, I live right on the marsh. I could go kayak out in the marsh anytime I feel like it, and I don't. Right. You know, That's I right. do with I do take the boys out, you know, on the weekends and stuff. But I don't have that quality of life where you're like, on any given day, like my wife says, you work for yourself, but you'd never know that you work for yourself because you work more than anybody. Well, that's because you work for yourself, dude, because you're the one you have to answer to. And, and if you don't work, then nobody else is. And that's, that's true. But but I got to find some sort of quality of life where I'm not. Yeah, I'm not living in like an urgent situation every day. Oh, you know, I mean, sometimes I I long for, uh, you know, maybe a salary that I would make less money on. But I know that I would have just like that easy that easy tuesday where i didn't do anything and a check came i still got paid for showing up for eight hours or you know by the you know at three o'clock on a friday didn't do shit yeah. from three to five thirty and i still got paid for two and a half hours instead yeah. it's like well you know i mean like every hour counts but at the same time i i, I think you know, it's, it's right look you're not going to go to to you're not going to hit the grave you know thinking man i should have sent more emails or i should have been a computer more or i should have been stressed out more um and i, I no, you're not you know, yeah, I and mean, I feel we're biological creatures that should be involved in an ecosystem, a natural ecosystem. And the more we can be around wild animals and wild things, um, the the more we achieve uh, maybe our, our our purpose of being in the earth, which is which is almost. Um, I mean, it's, it's to be, be part of creation. It can you can look at it in a, from a Christian viewpoint, or you could look at it from a Buddhist viewpoint, which is that you know we take away all of the trappings of apprehension and and anxiety that human beings have created through excess consciousness and you become, you become more part of the natural world. Oh yeah. Well, you know, and it's my fault that I, I've done this to myself. I added so many bills to myself that, you know, I created a load that was so heavy mm-hmm. that it just, you know, 
And, it, you know, if you could go back in time, I remember a time when we lived in Reedsville that I really didn't have many bills at all. I mean, my truck was paid for. Um, we had a small, you know. Yeah. And it, But now, you know, if you looked at it, you're like, man, you, you got, like, big-ass bills. And uh, if I could go back in time, but that's sort of like you can't go back in time and change it. So it's like that fine line between trying to have a quality of life, but 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 while you're kayaking out in the marsh, they're not like repoing your truck. Right, right. You know, or whatever. And, and try not, you know, try. I'm really just trying to get through it to not make those same mistakes again and find my way out of it. Because, you know, I can get out of it. It's just going to take paying some stuff off. And, um, you know, but there is a weird, a sick part of me, you get addicted to the, uh, the thrill of the whole thing. Yeah. You know, to the whole, the whole, the high highs and the low lows. And you get addicted to that of like just the adventure of it. You know what I'm saying? But it, but it, at some point it becomes tiresome. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I, yeah. It, it feels like, um, I mean, that sounds like an addiction. <laughs> You know that like that you get addicted to, it, but then it kills like the, over the long term. It's 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 unhealthy for you. Yeah, and it stops being fun. You know, to like, you know, the more you think about it, the more you're like, you know, I don't know. And I've had to like mo- just kind of modify the way I thought about things. Like the farm's probably never going to be huge, so I had to like come to terms with that. Like, okay, that's okay. Yeah. You know? uh, could the farm be like a good like? half your income yeah and and still be pretty enjoyable yeah you know but it can't be everything it, you're never going to be able to squeeze it hard enough to because there's too many variables there's just as soon as you start squeezing it you know and you got huge bills and then you start squeezing it well something's going to fuck up right you know something out of your control is going to go wrong a pig i don't know a hurricane's going to come whatever Something, something, a restaurant will close, a restaurant will bail, you know, and, and that, that's just kind of the way that it'll happen. And, um, yeah, I don't know. So I've had to kind of tweak how I look at things. And I don't know, man, just do some soul searching coop and find out what it was more, what was important to me. You know, I, I, I generally uh, poo poo the idea of New Year's resolutions, but I think this is an important thing. I think you, it sounds like you're going through a good journey. We'll see, man. I, I hope it pans out. If not, you know, you may see me. I may tell him to just come get the truck. I'm going to go get a job at Winn-Dixie. Hey, so the other day I am pumping gas at the uh, famed Waverly Minute Mart right there in the bosom of downtown Waverly, Georgia. Uh, I go there all the time and I'm pumping gas and this old man's pumping gas behind me and he goes, hey, hey, I like your sign back there. I like that sign on the back of your truck. And I go, sign what are you you talking about a sign and he said that sign that bold peanut sign i said oh my my i break for bold peanut sticker he said yeah man i love that i said yeah i got it from my buddy at classic georgia i got a lot of stickers a lot of t-shirts classic georgia will outfit you to go out and greet the world they got everything from bumper stickers like my bold peanut bumper sticker to t-shirts my kids have a couple of t-shirts they say young georgian another one that says patron is an an homage to uh augusta national and the masters tournament we even have um sawija t-shirts coming out from classic georgia now classic georgia is in my opinion one of those one of those brands and companies that has their pulse on kind of the things that that normal people like to wear in Georgia and also um, doing it with some creative twist of things you may not think about uh, but their, their stuff always looks good uh, it's sharp matter of fact I had my Sawija shirt on the other night my wife remarked about how well it fit me and how how nice of a t-shirt it was which is weird usually she hates all my t-shirts um because they're they're old and dirty and whatnot but my salwegian t-shirt is nice and clean and she loved it classic georgia they will get you outfitted find them at www.classicgeorgia.com also on instagram facebook at classic georgia they're great people take a picture of georgia tag them they love that kind of thing he'll probably repost you Okay. Well, I, I, I hopefully won't come to that. And, um, 
you know, once we once we cash in on this podcast, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. it's good. It's it's a cool journey. I mean, I, I think it. I think a lot of it right now is just trying to follow the doors that are open and yeah. up and stop trying to beat the doors down that are closed. You know, and I say in my own life that that's a hard thing to figure out. Just like all of life is until retrospect. But like once you start down that path and you start, you just start going through the doors that are open. It's amazing how much easier life becomes and more enjoyable. And yes, yes, that's right. And you can't articulate what does that mean. You know, what what is an example of that? But like there is a way that you feel when you realize, oh, I have been trudging down the harder path and I didn't have to. Oh, uh, you're talking to a guy I, I, I life consciously lived. Joe Joe used to always, oh, oh pussy boy, oh, PB, he used to always tell me, well, you got to swim upstream, don't you? You just got to <laughs> swim upstream. You cannot not, and it is, it's something in my personality. If a customer on a fence says, I think I'd like the fence line here, and it's this nice, clear line, there's a part of me that will jump in and almost interrupt them and say, are you sure you don't want it over here where we have to cut through all this briars and bramble? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. make it, let's make it, let's make it hard. Why make it easy? Well, I don't know if that's like you're punishing yourself or something, but. Well, I think there's some of that. I think there's some misunderstanding too. That, you know, I think it's true that like good things come from that are difficult. You know, you, you don't generally things that are rewarding and worthwhile require, you know, some passing through zone of difficulty, you know, exertion from yourself. But I think we also get into this thing where we think, feel like suffering by itself is meritorious. Uh-huh. And it's not always, you know, just because, you're, no. you know, but we decided that like, oh, well, you got to suffer. And that's, I mean, that's, like you yeah. can actually just win. Yes, yes, yes. You know, and you don't have to feel bad about it. You can try to get your get your piece of, a, of the pie and and that's it and you don't got to suffer and you don't got to sometimes there doesn't have to be a bigger picture you don't got to you know be be a martyr for for like the for whatever you know I don't yeah know. no yeah i, I get you uh i totally agree um and, I, and it doesn't have to work like it just doesn't have to be just because you you know it's, i don't know like it's like oh, well, the, you, you thought the farm would be big at one point well and it didn't work out so just took a uh, maybe a couple years of mourning like subconsciously mourning that yeah, to yeah. Like come to terms with it and say okay it didn't and, it, and that happened for a reason and then these other doors are opening up so why don't you quit trying to beat this other one down and follow the ones that are opening yeah you know yeah and and keep following the ones that open up with the farm and the ones that don't like whatever i mean go hunt some turkeys up there or something well, you know, I, I, there's there's another part about the way we conceive our lives where we think that there's, you know, we, we think of ourselves somehow like etched in granite and fixed, but like it's it's mutable. You know, we change and adapt and move and and uh, are different people throughout our lives. And so do I think like I'm a farmer and I'm going to you know be a huge farmer. That's a little bit. Uh, I mean, obviously, it's kind of a pipe dream, especially if you decide I'm going to become a huge farmer from nothing today in, in, in the modern times. But also, it's like it's just not fair to ourselves to think that, you know, for us to change means it's failure. Or, um, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Or, or just because that's who you are, it doesn't mean that you can't, you don't have to be locked in on it. It is something I, I there's, I, it's something I feel like it is who I am. But, it's not all I am. Well, I'm, I'd like to say that because I, I, I feel like I, I, I don't, well, I guess I don't have as many conversations socially as I, as I used to in Atlanta. I mean, I, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not like the most outgoing person here in America, but certainly in Atlanta, when you met someone new, like it was like the first question, the only question we had for each other was, what do you do? What do you do? And, you know, and like you define somebody immediately by what their professional job or role is. That's right. And that's such a ridiculous way to talk to somebody. But we feel like, well, that's what you do. That's who you are. And, and you know, it's 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 much more maybe honest to say, you know, what are you interested in? How does what you do now reflect that? What would you like to do in the future? What are your interests? You know, I mean, but we just don't seem to be able to also communicate on that level with people anymore. It's just it's we immediately decide like your professional responsibilities are who you are. Well, that's right. It, well, it, it is difficult, you know, to. It is weird. You get to an age where I'm, I'm 42, but but it, 
somehow I had this like moment last year where I'm like, you start looking around at the people you grew up with and like your brother and other people. And you're looking at yourself and you're like, why is your life so fucking hard? Mm -hmm. And I'm sure that theirs have challenges too, but they seem like they probably have a little money in the bank. They got some savings or taking some trips. Yeah. And they're probably not eating Triscuits. Like I'm not saying they don't go through patches where that happens. Right. It doesn't seem they're not doing that for 360 days. Right. You know, or whatever. And it's like, you gotta, I don't know. It's, that's a, a hard one to sort of look at and say, because you don't want to compare how you're feeling inside to how you look, how you, uh, right. how you perceive somebody outside. But at the same time, like being honest with yourself where you're like, I, I would always look at it in terms of like, okay, Michael's 13 in August. Do you really want to be taking him up to move into his dorm at school and worried about some shit going on, you know, back here where you're still at square one? You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Do you want to be like, oh, Michael, I can't come up to college to move you in because I just got 300 chicks in and it's supposed to rain, you know? Well, <laughs> or, I mean, or whatever. I mean, and I say too, but like, you know, like that, you're talking about my dad right there, right? I mean, how many parts, uh, how many things was he, did he come to, was he involved in as part of my life that, um, that wasn't, I mean, his, his life was the farm. I mean, and his life is the farm. So, I don't think he ever, when I went to University of Georgia, you know, 50 minutes from the farm, I don't think he ever came and saw me there. Um, in fact, when I lived in Atlanta for two and a half years, which is an hour, hour and a half, two hours, depending on traffic from the farm, I, he never visited me in Atlanta. Part of that's because of Atlanta. Because, <laughs> like, I ain't going to Atlanta. But yeah. also, part oh, of that, yeah. that, sure. that is the life. I mean, that is, you know, and, it's, and, and I think, you know, it's, it's fair to question that. In the same way that you know, it's fair also to, to ask people, is it okay? I mean, should we be sending young people into farming without setting them up for the expectations of, hey, you're not going to make a lot of money, and your peers are going like, to seem to advance farther financially and socially than you are, and you're never going to be able to have time away from this. And um, you know, before we have to be careful about that, we have to be really, especially if you're going to be a small, you know, sustainable farmer who's going to be selling food to people who are much more well off than you are. <laughs> yeah, that's, that, well, that's, that's right. That seems to be a kind of a, a kind of social trick that maybe someone almost we're pulling the wool over like young night people's eyes. Um, yeah, I mean, you do. You come to this like point where you'll like you'll look at somebody that buys something from you and think, God, this guy's got it going on, and I suck. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I totally do. I totally do. Um, all right, Brandon. We, I, we, it's not that money, not that money's everything, but no. you know, in some some of the stuff with the farm, it's like, you know, some things are more way more labor intensive and way more left up to chance than others. Yeah. You know, you take take pigs for example. Yeah, man. When you, I'm so glad I got into doing pigs because, shit, yeah. Can I go out of town for three or four days, fill up their feeders, and leave? Yeah. What's the yeah. worst that's going to happen? They're gonna, something's going to get out, maybe. Maybe get out. Well, the dogs will wrangle them back in, you know. So, but, with, but then you get other things. You get into doing, like, a ton of meat chickens. Well, I don't know. You leave for three or four days. Your dad would, and you would know real well what, what potentially could happen. I mean, oh, my gosh. I mean, I, you know, I, I think the longest vacation we ever went on was two days, Friday to a Sunday. Yeah. You know, um, and then, and then we would go to Panama City, and then he would just sleep in the room the whole time. He might get out and float for a while because he liked to be in the ocean, but generally he would just sleep. And then we'd be like, you know, maybe we'd stay an extra day, but oh, shit, it was going to be 100 degrees That's on right. Sunday. Time, we got to get back and make sure the, the fans are running. That's right. Oh, I, yeah, completely. And it'll just, it'll, it'll, you'll be married, totally married to it. Yeah. You know what's funny, though? I, I talked to Rafe. You know Rafe Rivers? Heard him. You heard of Rafe before? I heard of him. Um, you know, they moved out to Idaho, and um, yeah. I ran into him delivering at St. Simon's, I guess. He was going around saying his farewells, and I was delivering, but we happened to sort of like cross paths at, at one place, and then we crossed paths at the next place because he, we were both going to the same places. And, um, you know, I was telling him about the chickens and just like how it, you know, it'll just, you'll be totally married to it and just consume every cell in your body and he said that vegetables can totally be like that 
which I, th- I thought was interesting because I had never thought of that. I had always pictured people that did vegetables as being able to leave more. Yeah, I, I think I, I feel it too because you also have short windows and it's, it's a fragile corn and soybean growers are the ultimate like, all right, you know, I mean, it's July, especially if they're in the Midwest and don't really worry about irrigation. They just like go on vacation. You know, they, I, I feel like I'm always hearing about these commodities. Oh, yeah. Where people are going on cruises. In the, in oh, the a buddy of mine, uh, that his dad is from Tryon, Tryon up in North Georgia. Yeah. Yeah. Never heard my state before. I said Tryon. Tryon, Tryon, Tryon. I always say Tryon. But his dad played football at Auburn back when Pat Sullivan was there. Um, and we grew up with his dad. And, uh, and and you know, he's a real, like, mountain man kind of guy. And um, But anyways, he Alan – you know, grew up, his parents were divorced, but, you know, grew up going to the mountains around his dad's friends. And when I first got into farming, I was, I was spitting out all the lingo that you're supposed to, and the facts and figures that you're supposed to spit out, you know, well, the average, the average age of the yeah. farmer is 57, Alan. I mean, you know, somebody's got to get into it and, you know, and then talking about how farmers, you know, the average income, blah, blah, blah. He was like, man, every farmer I've ever been around is in Florida all summer. <laughs> you know and i was like what and he's yeah. like yeah i don't know they plant their shit and they like take a vacation and i'm like well they didn't george organics didn't tell me that <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah yeah and they didn't tell me i didn't uh, know that i'm like how old are these guys are they 57 it's like i don't know they're probably in their 40s <laughs> 40 no they're 57 they're dying out man you know, there's a lot of shit. That's like the cool thing about living, Coop. Is you know, you, you come to find out you don't know nearly as much as you thought. Hey, if you're like me, you love fresh seafood. I love it, man. I could eat shrimp every single day. You remember that UGK song about how the guy ate so many shrimp he was going to get iodine poisoning? That's kind of like me. I eat, I eat shrimp a lot. I love shrimp. I love fish. My kids love fish. My kids love shrimp. We just love fresh seafood. The crazy thing about living on the coast and living in the United States is that a lot of the seafood, a lot of the shrimp that you'll find in restaurants, it's not publicized, but it's actually imported. And a lot of the shrimp is actually imported farmed shrimp from Asia. The story of the imported shrimp is bizarre and interesting and in a lot of ways it's really tragic it's tied in with uh, a lot of environmental problems and and also if you would believe it human sex trafficking you'd have to read up on it for yourself but it's definitely something that i don't want to support especially here on the coast we have our own shrimp right here the shrimping industry has taken its hits over the years luckily for us there's a family in saint mary's multi-generational shrimpers the langs that have kept this dream and this idea of georgia shrimp alive around here they have a restaurant it's right downtown langs marina restaurant it's right on the waterfront i was just in there the other day i was out fishing they have a dock i pulled the boat up at the dock called in a cup of gumbo went in got my gumbo continued fishing it was fantastic we eat there all the time love it they go out catch their own shrimp you go in there you're eating eating food that slept in the ocean last night i mean that's hard to beat lang's seafood marina restaurant it is in beautiful downtown st mary's georgia it's worth a trip check them out i feel like every year i learn more about myself and about myself in the world and, and like, the, you know, the last year, the last thing I want to do is feel like I, I figured it all out. I mean, who cares? I don't, um, you know, I figured it all out. That's right. And, I mean, yeah. you know, I mean, does that, that means I'm rich as hell and I'm living on an island someplace. I guess that's okay. But frankly, yeah, I, I mean, possible. yeah, you kind of got to look back and think like, you know, if, if you don't look back and think you were a dumbass three years ago, maybe you hadn't learned much. I, I think that, you know, every day, um, thankful for my health first well i guess first and foremost and that's selfish but i'm gonna i think we're all selfish in that respect um and then secondly the health of my family and friends and you know and like as long as i'm healthy and like i'll have all my my, right. my faculties and uh you know and and then i and and i and i'm i'm a lucky person too i've 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 been born into favorable circumstances because of you know socially speaking um 
so I don't encounter a lot of hurdles in my life. As far as I can tell, I'm absolutely not materialistic. I don't, I'm, I don't care about having anything that's nice or new or anything, frankly. Sometimes it worries me a little bit that maybe like I lack some ambition. That no, that's a good way to but I'm just really happy with what I no, have. No, I'm like that. Yeah. Nadia is always telling me, she's like, you work all the time, but you never buy anything for yourself. Like, I, I honestly, I don't give a shit about money. Like, at my, at my point, Yeah, it's, I don't either. I just don't. I, this, let me just, yeah, I'm sorry to interrupt you. But I don't give a shit about money, but I, I don't want to have Oh, yeah, zero. that's, well, yes. Now, I give a shit about not being broke, but I, I'm not the guy that's like, I don't, right. I'm not the type that would go out and buy a bunch of toys. Right, right. You know what I'm saying? Right. And yeah, 100%. 100%. And I would get, like, I'm really looking forward to this year of, uh, I, you know, last year I went to Idaho and had a really wonderful time. The year before, did a lot more, a lot of smaller trips. I'm looking forward to this year to going back to, I'll get a point and going to Okefenokee and hopefully getting to Sapelo Island. But, like, if, if I can just have the money to go and do these things. Oh, I'm yeah, man. Well, dude, when you up. come down to the Oki, I'm about to walk in the Waverly Minute Mart and uh, get some peanuts. You want me to get the gal on our podcast? Yeah, let's do that. And then uh, but that'll be – that. we'll just well, end on when that. When you come down to – want to come to the Okefenokee, uh, you know, I'm about – I'm only 30, my, 30 minutes or so from Kingfisher Landing. So I've never been on the east side. I really want to hit the national um, – uh, the I got is it on Forest side, National Wildlife side, whatever that side is. I've always been on the, the Georgia State. Oh yeah, side. yeah, all of it. I really want to get get to know like the. Uh, I just grabbed a Topo Chico out of the fridge, and I'm gonna grab. I guess a bag of Funyuns. I don't know. I'm hungry. Um, but I really would like to get to know the swamp. Here, I'm gonna put you on the counter. Hold on. Y'all doing all right? Yeah, pretty good. Uh, hanging tough, you know. Busy night. Not really. No, that's good. I need one grizzly wintergreen. The pouch. I'm a, I'm a rookie. Okay. Yeah, Coop. Um. Yeah, it's a wild. It's a wild ride, man. Yeah. It's so good. We love our minute mark. That one. That's right. All right. Well, thank you. All right. All right. See you next time. You have a good night. You too. Yes, ma'am.